For those who ponder for the, the past, welcome, welcome one and all. Welcome to the Lockdown Live and Uncut with Danny and Larry. And that was a little bit of match of the day. Just uh, rubbing it in, we don't get any football. Maybe not for a long time. Isn't that right, Larry? It, it, it is. Personally, it won't bother me very much, to be honest. <laughs> I know no. you're not a footy fan, but I do not love my football. Fan. So that was sort of bringing me back. There's a lot of throwbacks going on right now. Throwback this, throwback that. I only have to look at what's on the uh, BBC Sports Channel. And they're trying to dig up everything there. And uh, But how's your day been, Larry? How's your day been? It's been you've good. I'm, I'm, you've I'm, been I'm having some deep joys, haven't you? I, 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 had some, I, had, I turned a bad situation into a good one earlier. Hey, what uh, was that? What was that? Well, I, I, I joined my, our week, week, a weekly uh, uh, phone call, which usually lasts half an hour. And uh, I was beginning to lose the will to live as we got into the 40th minute. But then I had a brainwave. I thought, I'm wearing my Bluetooth headset. I don't have to sit here and put it with this. I can walk around and put up with it instead. <laughs> so, so I put some washing away. I made my lunch. You were on mute, yeah, so they couldn't hear on the conference Well, that's the thing. I had to be very careful when I was putting the, the uh, cutlery and, and <laughs> dishes away from the drainer <laughs> <laughs> because they were they were clanking together and making. I thought oh, they're going to work. They're going to rumble me here. They're going to rumble me. But now I managed to cook, uh, not cook, uh, make make a sandwich and eat the sandwich uh, without without realizing. I don't think no nobody commented anyway. No, no. So, <laughs> so there's one of lessons learnt, lockdown lessons. We might do a whole book about that. Yeah, if you've got a Bluetooth headset, use it and walk around with it. Yeah, make sure you're on mute. If you can't mute, um, that would be a challenge. If you're on mute and then you've got to rush back to your desk and you're in the kitchen somewhere doing something. Ah, uh, this got, is the trick. It could be a bit of a make challenge. Sure, make sure you it? leave the right documents open on your screen. So you can rush back and go, <laughs> ah, yes, of course, yes. <laughs> Making it look like point you're always at your three. desk. <laughs> I think you'll notice that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this for a while, <laughs> for a while, Danny, don't worry. That sounds excellent, <laughs> that sounds excellent. We, we were having a bit of a tete-a-tete earlier where um, I was trying to get Larry to get closer to the microphone. and. Uh, ah, yeah, I have a, a new microphone technique. Yes, so uh, obviously me being the uh, presenter, producer, whatever, the... Uh, um, we were having a bit. Of, he, he was doing a bit too much social distancing with the microphone. So yeah. once you could still hear him, it wasn't crystal clear as it is now because I got my nose pressed up against the top of the <laughs> mic. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm talking to the bottom of it. So and, and there's a, a new a new <laughs> trick that uh, when you're working with. Um, this is a uh, what kind of microphone is this? It's a dynamic microphone. As I look to the box that it came in, yes, not a condenser microphone. This is a dynamic microphone. So, uh, like what the pop stars use when they're up on stage singing, "Hey, don't you want me, baby?" That was me uh, singing. They obviously sing in a certain way, so it cuts out the noise around, hopefully. But um, it works. But obviously, it needs to an, es an essence of maybe your nose slightly touching it, <laughs> and then you're talking uh, into there. Obviously. Uh, we have our own microphones, by the way, so we're not both sticking our noses into uh, one the microphone. Same mic. <laughs> <laughs> so we just thought we'd clarify that. But that sounds like a deep joys of Bluetooth. I had deep joys of Bluetooth today as well, but a oh, different yeah. kind. A different kind. So uh, I, for the first time today, I, I always want to try something new. And uh, today was my first ever brick session with a B, as in Bravo, brick 
Yeah. Now, for those of you who don't do triathlons, probably wonder what the hell am I talking about? Or which duathlons. 99.9% yeah, of the planet. most of you. So why is he being such a brick? Um, would you believe that uh, the term was invented by a Dr. Matt Brick? Brick. No, everybody's called Brick. <laughs> well, this doctor was. Dave Brick. No, Matt. You've got to be kidding me. Dr. Matt Matthew Brick. Matthew Brick. Matt Brick came up with this terminology um, where you basically, you do a, two or more consecutive um, sports consecutively without any major gaps. So with triathlon, you're swimming first and then you come out of the swim area and then you get onto a bicycle. So if you do those two exercises at the set, you know, one after the other, that's a brick session. Another brick session is where you say I've been cycling and then you get off your bicycle and then start running. That would be a brick session or it could be in reverse. You could do a run and then you get on the bike. That's a brick session as well, which is what Dr. Matt Brick was. He was a duathlon and uh, he came up with this phrase, called it a brick session. I think it was called back-to-back sessions before in the 70s. Um, but there you go. That's have interesting. You, have I you learned something new there? About I, Larry, I thought yeah. a brick session was waiting for a job interview. <laughs> Where you brick yourself. <laughs> oh, very good, very good. I did think that a brick session was, um, you know, bricklayers, myself, mm. personally. But uh, But yeah, the Bluetooth is I have this wonderful indoor trainer which has a, a superb little Bluetooth device that transmits all the technology to my uh, watch, telling me what power I'm using, what speed. Um, unfortunately, I hadn't calibrated my watch correctly. So at one point, I was doing 150 kilometers an hour. Incredible, isn't it? I am so super fit. And uh, But the uh, Garmin on the... Uh, on the uh, bike. Yeah, that's what it's called. A bicycle, isn't it? Yeah, bicycle with a turbo trainer. <laughs> that was working perfectly fine. So I was, I was, you know, averaging a, a nice little speed, but felt really good. Apparently your legs are supposed to feel like jelly. That didn't, didn't feel that at all. Maybe it's because I was only on the bike for 20 minutes and then running about 20 minutes. But uh, I guess it might be different if I've been out on the bike for three, four, oh, you might find it a bit different five when you hours. do the triathlon, yeah. And then you have to do a marathon after that. You know, you think, oof. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that that was me and my Bluetooth. But um, there is lots of things going on. I mentioned the sports uh, match of the day theme tune and things that happen here. We're, we've we've called this episode. I think um, it was to do with TikTok Belgian chocks. Um, but it's not actually chocolates because I couldn't get this to rhyme properly. It's it's about the Belgian potatoes, but uh, Belgium's also famous for its chocolates. So I'll just come up with TikTok Belgian choc. So we'll kick off with TikTok because really, I mean, it's uh, actually I might leave this for, for another one because it's it was designed in China, apparently, for 12 uh, year olds. And guess what? Most people are using it now. It's been one of these in the same way as Zoom has exploded. It seems TikTok has been waiting to explode. Mm. You see what I did there? No. TikTok. That was pretty explode. bad. That was oh. really bad. <laughs> no, it wasn't pretty bad. It was really bad. <laughs> but yeah, TikTok for 12, well, 12, 12, year, 12 years of age is about the, <laughs> the mental capacity of most people using it, I think. Well, it's for those who don't use TikTok, um, don't bother. 
There's, a, there's a few funny ones on there, so a few yeah. clever ones, to be it's, fair. But the but vast that, majority yes. is a load of dross. Yeah, Absolute drivel. drivel, dross. Waste of life. Why Wa- do Making people... and watching them. Yeah, it's just basically a short video, isn't it? Of yeah. crap. Uh, usually, yeah. It started off, and it used to be really good before lockdown. Um, certainly when I saw some friends using it last year, um, it used to be for... Um, you could have certain songs on it and it allowed, I think because of copyright or wherever, you were, they must have had some kind of special license, but it was only like 12 seconds or 10 seconds. And, oh, what, people long, would, and what people would do would mime to it or act to it. So if there was a particular song and a lot of um, Bollywood type songs, it's all very emotional and some, some people would act it out. So it was very clever then last year, but now all we're getting is just... Dross, absolute dross. But uh, I could use some choice words. But uh, all I can say about TikTok, I can't wait to get onto the Belgian shocks bit at the end. But um, but yeah, it's been one of those days. And yesterday we were talking about. I know it doesn't really bother you about the uh, football and sport. Oh no, I, I understand it. Other, you know, it's it's important to people. I was talking about why the hell are they even bothering talking about it? So today's headline from uh, our favourite sports. Sports editor from the BBC, Dan Roan, who clearly has nothing to do, Dan. Um, obviously, I'm I'm Danny, but uh, he's Dan. And uh, he's saying here that uh, following yesterday's uh, French government decision to put elite sport on hold until September, apparently, here we go, the hyperboles that are coming out here is uh, there's going to be a conference call on Friday and they will do so amid unprecedented pressure. And mounting unease. Wow, how many times have we heard unprecedented in the past months? Mm. And mounting I unease. every day since the 23rd of so March. So, a few days ago, he was saying how promising it is and this, that and the other. Now, all of a sudden, there seems to be pressure coming in. You know, what, what what's going on, Dan? You know, have you suddenly realised that uh, the old domino effect, that when one country does something, the other people are going to probably start doing that and already the uh, the uh, emergency services are putting in their tuppence worth saying that uh, with the Premier League that uh, the mad- match's original venues presents challenges to emergency services my guess is social distancing again and having people because as you as you may know with all these events you need uh, a certain amount of medical staff at the venue for emergencies and so on and also those that are on call um, which is standard in the same way as you have police services there as well. So there's a lot of things that are needed with or without uh, a crowd. But I, I don't know. I don't know what, how this is going to pan it's out. My, my take look, is it's fundamentally a bad idea to yeah. put a load of people in a stadium. So yeah. just forget it, guys. My, just my it. take is it, it's, it ain't happening. They, they're, they're going uh, to, they can't social distance walking, going into the turnstiles. No. I guess they could just let them all in through. I, I presume there's some kind of tradesman's entrance to most stadiums where yeah, lorries yeah. can get in. Well, yeah, yeah. okay, let them all in for nothing. Uh, so you've got the crowd. But then what happens if there's a fire or a bomb? Yeah. And they yep. all have to leave quickly through the yep. fire exits. Exactly. Well, are they all going to exactly. go through two metres apart? Exactly. It's, just, exactly. it's a non-starter. It, it is a non-starter. And as I flick through the BBC Sport uh, app... All it is is old, old stories. Who was the greatest this? Who was the greatest that? And I did notice uh, a friend of mine sent me um, from the uh, North America 
Dancing with Stars. For those in Britain, it's Strictly Come Dancing, uh, which I don't think that'll be happening um, <laughs> because have you ever tried ballroom dancing two oh. metres apart? <laughs> <laughs> so what are they doing in North America? I suppose They're doing forma- formation dancing is possible, isn't it? I suppose. Uh, yeah. Still, you're going to need a big stage if everyone has to be <laughs> two metres apart. And again, no audience, no crowd. Yeah. Um, but no, the, the what they're doing is throwbacks, throw, what, what do I call it? Dance with Stars, that was it. Throwback Dancing with Stars. So because they can't show any live shows, they're digging up the old shows. Oh, no, just the repeats. Just it, the repeats yeah, it's just again. repeats, what we used to call oh. repeats. And uh, I... I Classic television these days, apparently. I'm intrigued that the BBC don't seem to be bringing that to the fore, really, do they? Is it because it's their big flagship show and that they don't want to lose it? Because that that will kill their viewing audience for the whole of autumn. Mm. Well, I suppose they're thinking about that now. They have to plan that far ahead. Well, they, they would be soon announcing who's going to be dancing. You know, be, I think the announcement oh, is sometime around course, August. Yeah, you're right. So they need Some to of this select. Stuff is recorded well in advance, isn't it? Yeah, so they, w- they would have already selected their celebrities. <laughs> they would have already selected their celebrities, I think, uh, which is predominantly BBC staff, because I don't think yeah. they can afford the real big names. Um, or Z-listers. I mean, if, if you are listening, BBC, I'm, I'm more than happy to give it a go. Yeah, you can get me and Larry on. Yeah, we could do some uh, dancing if it's going to happen. It's an entertainment gym and not as we know it. <laughs> <laughs> so all there seems to be is throwback. And then the headline news on these was just, um, it's, it's the sad news. It's the same news every day, uh, the total number of deaths. So, you know, that that's all it seems to be. But we're going to talk about some really cool stuff because uh, think things are happening out there isn't it which are not making any news at all um, no. and we we, we do uh, a little bit of um, I wouldn't say digging because things just come to us you know I'll, I'll, things will come to me in my email inbox and I'll have a read of it laugh and think really did you not think before you sent that um, so I did get something about medichecks and uh, having blood tests and stuff and I'm thinking Okay, so uh, about certain things, and whilst you know, you'd think, oh, have they come up with the coronavirus blood test thing? Have they? Have they? You know, is this some special thing? So we're doing some special deals where you can get yourself tested for all sorts of things and special discounts, but they ain't got coronavirus on there on that no. list. Um, so there seems to be things going on there, and. The emails, you, did you not just check my age or did you not check my sex as well? You know, that's sending me this kind of stuff. It's just standard spam. Didn't we have some law it come in about... It's remarkable that people pay any attention to these things. What was that law that came in? Was it 2016, 17 about spam that you can't... What was it called now? Oh, GDPR. Yeah, GDPR. Yeah, General Data Protection Regulations. That yeah. Now, yeah. remember, I was you getting emails... You can't use information. Yeah, I was getting emails... Back in up right up to the week of when they were going to shut it off, saying that if you didn't reply, they would strike off the list because obviously, you know that uh, you're not engaging with them. So I don't want my name on, on your list. Mm. And uh, it, all of a sudden, I'm getting emails from companies who I'm, I could have sworn are not on the uh, on my list, and yet they seem to think, 
I'm sure they'll use an excuse that uh, COVID-19 hit their database and uh, it stopped everything working. So they've reverted back to 2014. COVID-19 hit their yeah. database. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. some kind of BS. I, well, you know? I expect, you know, if, if, if they're on... Um uh, you know, on a 5G network, then almost certainly... Oh, that blew it. That uh, almost blew certainly COVID-19's got into their computers, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Everyone understands that. All their staff have had the new vaccine that doesn't work. Yeah. What, what else? What else but can we just, throw you know, in? It's, it's no problem, guys, because if pe- look, anyone out there who uh, you think you've got a problem with your computers um, because of... of uh, <laughs> 5G, <laughs> uh, I, I can tell you what, it's very simple... Um, inject your computers with Dettol and all will be well. <laughs> all will be well because it will kill the 5G and the virus at the same time and you'll be laughing. Oh. Just keep a fire extinguisher hang- handy as well. Ba, 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 ba. Sounds like an advert we have at the cinema. Any tom, duck, and malt. Yeah. You like to taste the malt, you like a malt in a cup 45. But, you know, any, 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 time, any time anyone needs advice about any conspiracy theory bullshit, then... <laughs> Um, I'm your man. <laughs> I know all, I've got all the answers. I've had you, them for ages. You do have all the answers. You certainly do have all the answers, Larry. Just like um, the man, um, just because the lady loves milk tray. Do you remember that advert? Oh, oh, shut up. Shut up. No, wrong advert. It's all kicking <laughs> off in the studio. You can tell there's only two of us in studio. It's, we've just been eating our well, delicious uh, din- Dining room. <laughs> is, this, is this working? There you go. All because the lady loves... Milk tray. I didn't realise our, our target demographic was the over sixties. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that advert was from the. Uh, oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the nineteen eighties. <laughs> so uh, yeah, don't don't fret, people. There are special agents everywhere. That was before James Bond was cool chic as he is now. You know, back in the eighties, you weren't that cool then. No, it was more of a comedy. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I think it was uh, who was who was who was who was I was going to say who was Sean Connery in it that was decade. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah was I think I think James it, was, Bond. it was James Bond, wasn't it? He was, <laughs> that, was, that was the actor you're thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sean well, Connery was James Bond, and he was very camp, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, it, it went down downhill, not stirred with, with Roger Moore because he, he he came in as a young Bond. Yes, and it was still quite serious. Yeah. But as he got older and older, they had to camp it up because to sort of, <laughs> to sort of paper Moon over Raker. the fact. Moonraker was in the 80s, was becoming an it? old man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Speaking of uh, chocolate. No. Moving on to uh, one thing. Certain crazy things going on. I think some uh, proof is in the pudding sometimes that uh, comes out. And this was... A story that you picked up, Larry. Uh, enlighten us about. Uh, well, you know, I I'll try and refrain yeah. from laughing my head off again. Keep my eye on the on the property market. Um, oh, I have for a long time. Wheeler dealer, wheeler dealer. Really interested at the moment because we're looking. You know, we're trying to buy a property down on the south coast. Yeah, that's why you're looking. It's at you're, you're not a property investor or anything like that. No, 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 no. So um, you're looking to buy, and yeah, we're this looking to thing buy appeared. And, and trying to keep track of 
stuff. And of course, you see stuff, don't you? The, oh, that's the nature. You of can't the help but see stuff. Yeah, it's the nature of the internet, isn't yep. it? That you, you spot spot stories that catch your eye. And the one that caught bit my of, eye bit today of clickbait. Was, bit of clickbait was uh, Airbnb, the Airbnb goddess. <laughs> Oh, before we go into Airbnb, let 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 let, let me explain what Airbnb then. was about and how the idea came about yes. and what its principle or ethics was. Now, I can appreciate it's probably been bought out by some conglomerate, and it's now moved away from that. This is how it started. Now, I don't know if you know this. I can't remember the name of the founder, um, but it was someone in the states, and he used to get like we often get is you get friends visiting, and uh, what he would do was he'd have an airbed. Yeah, so we often have airbeds in our things for guests, and if there's too many, so you'd pump up the airbed, and uh, his friend stayed in the spare room just on the airbed. So it's like a study, but pumped up the airbed, stayed in there. And uh, I can't remember the exact details, but basically that's where the idea came from of an airbed for bread and breakfast. Mm. Air B M B. Yeah, that's how the idea came about. I can't remember whether that friend said, oh, I'd be prepared to pay for a spare room with this. Oh, so the principle of that is that you have a property, many rooms or a room or a spare room, and you can let the spare room out as an Airbnb. And then it would open out as a whole property. So say you're away for a couple of weeks on holiday. And by the way, I've stayed in many Airbnbs all over the UK, all over the world. Yeah, or places in the world where I've visited stayed at a great Airbnb in Manhattan, didn't we, when I was there for New York yeah, Marathon? It yeah, it was very was roomy, but staying in a hotel. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a tidy size, and uh, it was either that or getting multiple rooms in a hotel, and the prices were extortionate. So it worked out best for our group that we got a two-bedroom apartment in Manhattan. Worked out budget-wise much better than staying in multiple rooms in a hotel. And a lot of places I've stayed in, I've stayed in spare rooms, in Guernsey, I think I've stayed in a spare room in someone's massive property and there's other people living there. And uh, there's other places I've rented the whole thing where I'd turn up at a property and we'd have the whole property. But the owner of the property would be uh, there with his keys or her keys and they would be literally going away for the weekend that we were staying there. So that's the principle of how Airbnb started. But obviously with every opportunity, there's some people who feel there's an opportunistic moment or moments there mm. and mm. see things in a certain way, which leads us to uh, our story. So I, get, I thought I'd get a bit of a backdrop. Up. So the Airbnb, that's how it all came about. I don't know if any, any listeners knew that, but uh, if you've worked it out, is the Airb, which is the airbed and, and breakfast, which is the MB. Mm. Yeah. Airbed and breakfast. So on that basis, it probably come, possibly comes to a surprise to anybody who's not thought about the uh, provider side of Airbnb. Yes. That it would occur to somebody <coughs> to buy multiple properties to let out as Airbnbs in their entirety rather than just letting out a room in their house yeah. or flat or the whole flat and house when they're on holiday themselves. So you're saying purchasing so. properties just for the purpose of Airbnb. So not yes. to let out the whole property like we're, we're in a property which yeah. we rent so, so on a long term lease. Absolutely. So we first of all we're straying into the not what was intended. Yeah. Um, but I think Cheryl took it a step further too. It's not also high risk isn't not it? No. Exactly. She took it to the level of not what's actually legally allowed under the terms of Airbnb because um, my understanding is you're not su- 
proposed to let out the property for, uh, uh, in fact, uh, for longer uh, for than less certain than periods six of time. months of the year. Yeah, maximum. Yeah, um, and uh, bet your bottom dollar as she had a uh, portfolio wow. <laughs> that she was letting them out more than six months a year, and her mortgage payments were twenty two thousand dollars a year, or they are, and uh, with the lockdown. All of her income has disappeared. So, wow. lesson learned there. Don't <laughs> don't try and turn something into what it isn't. Yeah. Use yeah. it for what it is. Yeah. Uh, so this uh, that's just pure woman, greed, really, isn't it? Yeah. This unfortunate woman may may have done uh, actually achieved the world's first, which is by buying properties, uh, more and more properties, as more and more income came in from her earlier B&Bs, Airbnbs, uh, she has <laughs> potentially become the victim of her own pyramid scam. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> As suddenly all the income's disappeared yeah. and she's got yeah. the mortgages to pay. Wow. And perhaps some explaining to do when she goes into arrears to the lenders who no doubt didn't realise they were lending to an Airbnb to for her properties to be let out for Airbnb purposes. Well, you do sort of question... How you get loans. This is in America, by the way, this lady. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, there was that big crash in uh, 2007, wasn't it? Or 2008? In the States. In uh, the States, yeah. which is all to it do with the loans on loans on loans of properties. Yes. Debt yes. on debt on debt. Now, whilst this isn't in the scale of multi billion dollar banks, this is an individual. I'm just wondering how many more individuals, because we have also spotted a lot of properties appearing in London on short-term lets available, and the rent per month is quite surprisingly low. Yes. Yes, desperation so we're, we're is creeping second, in. We're second-guessing that these properties that have suddenly become available and are available for, I think they were expressing just a six-month term lease. So yes. they're hoping that when it all gets unlocked down, locked down, mm. that people are going to magically start becoming tourists and holiday Absolutely. makers again. But these are idiots. They're idiots uh, because they are uh, buying additional properties to let out mm. as Airbnb. So um, for those of us who are looking to, we can get some bargain properties. If these people have to foreclose on their uh, loans and they get repossessed, yes. we'll have some bargain properties coming up. Yes, in some prime locations, central London, amongst other places, mm. which mm. is quite interesting. But uh, yeah, they really, really didn't think this through because um, the, the uh, most um, m most uh, sort of income, property income, yeah, uh, traditional property income mechanisms mm. uh, it will will the payments will be maintained. I mean, th there is there are question marks over the maintenance of yeah of yeah. rent. Yeah. Uh, under traditional rented properties. Mm -hmm. But uh, as far as I can ascertain, the majority of, of tenants are still paying their rent. Right. Um, for one thing, they want to keep their credit rating so that if they if they stop paying the rent and there's no good reason not not to pay the rent, mm -hmm. that will damage their credit rating. They'll just be seen as people who are opportunistic in a yeah. financial situation yeah. and untrustworthy. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the majority of them are paying them. But the, the Airbnb, well... There's no tenant to keep paying the rent. Because <laughs> <laughs> they only appear like one <laughs> night or a week yeah, at a time. Yeah, people come along for the holidays, have a lovely time in, yeah. in their yep. uh, apartment in, in uh, a tourist spot. And then and, they're and gone. And they go. And then they don't come because the next lot don't come because the city's in lockdown. 
It, it's crazy. Now, so these people have been acting like hoteliers, but really. It, absolutely. But it's worse than that because what they didn't they didn't think about was in this situation. Uh, uh, the, 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 these geniuses are, are deciding that uh, it's a great idea to let it out as a uh, temporarily as a permanent mm. let. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a long term let. But now they can't show them. <coughs> oh yes, we discovered that today. Didn't they can't. We? Do, they can't do viewings, so they they can't let them on that basis either. Oh, so you do feel for them, don't we? I'm 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 so happy to think of these idiots <laughs> sitting there, doling out thousands of pounds yeah, a month yeah. in mortgage payments with no income coming in, because it completely in one hundred percent serves them right. We, I, I totally agree, uh, Larry. But what what confused me is. What are all these letting agents and estate agents doing answering their phones when they can't do viewings? They can't go and put and nobody's buying any properties, nobody's selling anything. If you can't well, fundamentally go and view a property, that stops the whole chain, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, but the, the, the viewing paralysis um, is, is, is kind of a myth, isn't it? It's, yeah, it, yeah. it's really... Uh, it's, it is possible under social distancing to carry out a viewing. Well, that's what we but, were saying. But, but employees but they're not doing of it a letting company, mm. uh, no, or rather the employer in a letting company, yeah. they're so petrified of the potential for um, employers' liability if they send an employee out and they contract the virus and die uh, or become seriously ill and not, not ever able to work again, which mm-hmm. is actually even more expensive. Yeah. Yep. From the insurance point of view, a that they might there might be some clause and they're not covered, uh, and they face ruinous costs, or they are covered, and next year's premium for employers' liability would be ten times what it was this year. Wow! Um, because insurance companies are like that. Once they realise that you're a serious risk, yeah, up goes the premium, and they say, "Well, if you don't like that premium, go and find go and find yeah. another yeah. insurer." And the next year insurer goes. Thank you very much. That'll be 20 times what you paid last year. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> funny you should say that because on my uh, bank account I have, it covers, it has travel insurance included. And literally, as soon as lockdown was announced, an email came out from that bank saying any claims regarding COVID-19 after a certain date. So they gave notice, basically. Any any claims with that will not be covered. Yeah. So they covered up to a certain date. And whatever their legal requirements were, I'm sure they'd done it right to the to the day or whatever, or what they felt was maybe goodwill. But they immediately put in the clause: no coverage for COVID nineteen. Yeah, but it's no, all it's all about nice. it's all about liability. It's all about the law. Mm. Um, yesterday, my wife viewed a property, uh, and the the owner show, showed her the property. Yeah, uh, with no problem at all, maintaining social distancing. Yeah, it's easy peasy, isn't it? Kept at least two meters away yeah. at all times, and it yeah. was fine. But of course, that lady, the sa- the owner, she's not liable. You no, know, she's not liable to herself. No, if she contracted COVID nineteen in the circumstances, she won't sue herself. Yes, that's yes. the difference. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah different times, but that Airbnb lady was it Cheryl? Yes. Yeah. So that kind of abuse of Airbnb. How many more Cheryls are there in this world? Uh, uh, lots, and they're all <laughs> going to go bust. Which is the best news of the day. <laughs> Sorry to be vindictive, but it really is hilarious. Oh, we're not vindictive. It's just a case of, um, yeah, yeah. It's trying D- to get money for nothing. It's trying to do something, you know, making money off others. It's, it's, not, yeah. it's not nice. Yeah. Well, that's 
that that could be a, a whole especially when it deprives div- deprives other people of young couples of buying their first yeah, home yeah yeah absolutely that's totally really agree. nasty that that debate about people making money off we, we could have a whole um series or a whole show season we're oh, I could talk for hours one. because yeah. I've been a landlord and we a tenant. So we, could, we could do this I've for, lost for quite a while. So <laughs> the good news is we're now on iTunes. So if you're listening to us through iTunes, hello and welcome. We've been going for now, this is episode 16 on uh, Wednesday, the 29th of April. Uh, hey, there you go. So Wednesday, the 29th of April, episode 16. So I know that iTunes took a while for the uploads, but I think they're a few days behind as well sometimes of how the technicality. But hello, everybody on iTunes. We already said hello, everybody on Spotify from day one. So we're getting out across the airwaves, Larry, and we're really rocking this world. But um, what I wanted to uh, say with what's happening is that uh, today's uh, Dinner was uh, cooked by uh, Larry, <laughs> and it was quite delicious. The uh, we had some mince with rice, but the pudding, the pudding. Ah. So because we're segueing into the Belgian chocolate section, um, but it's not about Belgian chocolates. But we've got to talk about chocolates. That pudding, oh man! Pan au chocolat de Waldorf. Pan au chocolat de Waldorf. You know, ex- explain to the listeners what it was because when it arrived. By the way, for those who uh, are not from UK, or custard. If you don't know what custard is, Google it. And here in Britain, we do love our custard, me in particular. So um, this pudding was swimming in a bowl of custard. But the way you decorated it, come on, what, <laughs> t- tell the listeners what what was in that pudding, uh, your creation. The creation, the creation. Well, the base of the, the base uh, layer of, of the pudding was a pan au chocolat, a single pan au chocolat. Um, which costs about 10 pence, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a whole pack of We're really good six off. or eight. <laughs> Another eight? frugal meal. pack of eight from uh, Tesco. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the pan au chocolat. So it yeah. was the um, pain, pan as in bread, French for bread. It's sort of a semi-sweet bread, isn't it? Yeah. With chocolate yeah. in it. With chocolate, chocolate in it already. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yummy. And it was and swimming in a rather nice semi-thick custard mm-hmm. made with 50% Alpro and 50% milk. Which, wow. which uh, yeah, actually turned out really creamy, didn't it? Was it was pretty nice and creamy. I mean, I like my Alpro. You like your regular milk. And, and I'm okay drinking regular milk, but uh, at the moment I'm just going through an Alpro season. And, and the uh, the piece of resistance... Of other soya milks <laughs> are available, yeah. by the way. I'm just drinking Alpro myself. Uh, the, the piece of resistance on the top... The piece de resistance. ...was a carefully arranged three, <laughs> pe- three chunks... <laughs> of dark milk chocolate oh. arranged along the top of of the pan au chocolat. Oh man, that melting was so into the custard. Oh, the mads are watering. I know the mads are watering now. Everyone oh. listen to this. It They're going to be rushing out. And there's no copyright, folks. If you want to make your own <laughs> pan au chocolat de Waldorf. <laughs> Remember where you heard it first, guys. Yeah. Here on Lockdown Live with Danny and Larry, <laughs> pan au chocolat de Waldorf. And I'm sure the Waldorf Hotel will be getting in touch. New York will be, I hope know, so. Yes, head chefing over so. there. We'll kick Gordon Ramsay out, uh, and then we'll take uh, over. Yeah, a lovely accompaniment to one of their yeah. Waldorf salads. Absolutely. So you can have a Waldorf salad followed by <laughs> a Waldorf pudding or dessert for those who speak eloquent English. <laughs> so, which leads us on to because the Belgians do make some on the wonderful chocolate. On the subject of Belgians. Um, Belgian chocolate is amazing. Now, that dark chocolate was Cadbury's dark chocolate from one of our Easter eggs. Cadbury's dark milk, which I must say has improved. I think they've changed the recipe. I'm sure they have. 
Well, it was. I remember it from the uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, um, when it was. It was all about Bourneville dark, dark chocolate, and it was delicious. But I think mm. it changed over the years. I think Bourneville dark has stayed there, but they brought out these so other this, ones. This dark milk is a new, which wasn't good. Blend. Now they brought out a new blend. Yeah, and that is particularly nice. It's the first thing that Kraft Foods have done right. Mm. I think mm. with with Cadbury's. Yeah, for yeah. Se- to be serious for a moment, that there was a bit of a step back for Cadbury's when they were taken over by the yeah. Americans. Yeah. but um, I think they're finding their feet now. And probably the, I imagine the Cadbury's guys are pushing back a bit and saying, come on, come on, we, yeah, you know, we, we, we know, know what, what we're doing. I was just about, yeah. so you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> we know what we're doing. And I'm a little bit biased having been, uh, you know, grew up in uh, Bourneville, Bourneville, as the, uh, as the uh, oh, is it the Cadbury brothers used to say, Bourneville? Um, because that's what it was named after, wasn't it? Bourneville. Yeah, Bourne. it was the Bourneville the was a brand, a brand new, uh, development, a, a new uh, development. So it's the River Bourne and Ville as in village in Francais. Village, village, I don't have the yeah. word village, it's Ville. Ville, Bourneville. <laughs> as I practiced les plumes de ma tante sur la table. Royaume-Uni, dix points. Anyway, anyway, yes. Uh, oh, we're, we're, all, we're all slipping into uh, Eurovision here. But yes, the Bourneville dark chocolate was delicious. And I think the um, pain au chocolat Waldorf will be recommended uh, tout le monde, tout le monde, all over the world. <laughs> Which brings us on to um, <laughs> other French-speaking country, Belgium. And I know they this speak another this language This is the too, crazy story of the day. I know they speak another language. Although, actually, it's two days old. but I mean, I, we, It's, only it's really still crazy. It, yeah, because it we're kind crazy. of only hit the, uh, the mainstream media today. I think it's been used in Belgium for a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, Larry, what so is it? Startling. So, this is a, le- a segue from Belgian chocolates into Belgian. So, um, Belgium grow a lot of potatoes, or a lot of potatoes are grown in Belgium. And uh, with the uh, the problems with exporting and importing, etc., there's now a potato mountain has developed since the lockdown started. A potato mountain? A Belgian potato mountain has developed. So that where, so where is it in Belgium? I don't know which part of Belgium. Um, is it like Antwerp it's or in Belgium. Uh, is it in uh, you know uh, Brussels? Um, no is it, idea. Is I've it for all the uh, yeah. Euro Euro Commons type people? Here you go, have a spud, mate. Yeah, I've only been to uh, uh, the the uh, Brussels and to the Grand Prix, so I don't yeah. really know Belgium very well. We, we, we've not heard much um, about Belgian lockdown and what's going on in Belgium. We hear a lot about. I think it's the French. Similar. I I don't know about the lockdown in Belgium. Or Luxembourg. I've not heard the much about uh, Luxembourg. The hospitalizations and et cetera have been more or less in line, I think, yeah. with the size of their population. Okay, okay. But anyway, the, the a plea has gone out, an appeal has been made by... Appeal? The, the, yeah. Oh! Uh, a potato peel <laughs> has gone out. <laughs> a potato appeal? From the Belgian potato farmers <laughs> for all Belgians. I can hardly say this. Please eat chips at least twice a week from now on. <laughs> chips? <laughs> Why did they explicitly say chips? Is it because they want no idea. French fries? Can they not just have boiled potatoes or jacket spuds? I don't know. I think I, I know. Uh, I mean, I fantasise that the uh, the appeal said, "And for the love of God, don't don't bake, <laughs> boil or mash them. But if you if you do, you must lather them with butter and milk." To get them <laughs> somewhere near to, to <laughs> chips, 
because <laughs> we need fat Belgians <laughs> to face the future with confidence. I mean, really, you've got half the nation sitting on their sofas. What's what's the uh, obvious logical next step? Force force feed them with chips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is bad. I mean, for those who listen to our Sunday episode, obese is the word. Yeah, no, no, this it's, it's, it's is wrong. Why, why are they doing I mean, it's, uh, there must be some kind of chips fascination in Belgium. There must be. Oh, I know they love the chips. They love the, chi- the chips and mayonnaise. It's sort of a signature dish. Chips and mayonnaise? Yes, yeah. But they well, don't... It was chips and cheese when I was in uh, Isle of Man. Oh yeah, cheesy chips. Cheesy chips. Cheesy oh, chips. Cheesy chips. Yeah, we like cheesy chips. I think but as, a, as a treat. They do cheesy chips. Not in not th- not as an ob- obligation. <laughs> <laughs> Where else do they do cheesy chips? They do cheesy wear chips. Wear a bit thin after a few taco, weeks. Taco Bell's do cheesy chips as well. Cheeky buggers. I mean, they, <laughs> those Mexican Americans have copied cheesy chips from Isle of Man. Anyway, uh, probably. Probably, yeah. but why? Why chips? Why Belgian? And the the farmers was this like the farmers' federation that came up with this? So they obviously didn't consult with the Belgian it health was definitely service. No, it was <laughs> no, it was uh, that that is uh, that's for a fact. It's definitely the farming industry that has made this appeal. And sorry, every time we say <laughs> appeal about the potatoes, it's I can't quite help <laughs> <a> giggle. <laughs> well, it's quite clear they haven't referred put run it by. Their health authorities, <laughs> who I'm sure would have said, no, please don't encourage once, people once, to eat chips. Once the virus clears, their hospitals will be f- deluged with people with obese problems. Yeah. Mm. Yep. And and malnutrition. Wow. <laughs> so there you go, folks. There's a mountain of potatoes in Belgium. So however, however crazy you think it's in the UK at the moment. There's always some country going crazier, crazier somewhere else. Yes, yes. Maybe if we throw some uh, disinfectant over the potatoes, that would cure things. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, maybe, maybe they should be uh, deep fried in disinfectant. (laughs) (laughs) That's what Donald would do. Oh, our friend Donald. Hey, are you listening, Donald? Where are you now? But yes, on on that note, on the. Chip, chips, chip, chips ahoy, chips ahoy, and the joys of Bluetooth, and our Airbnb people, and our, our Belgian shop TikTok wank walk, as some call it. But anyway, it's been a crazy day. It's been one of those days. But who'd have thought that Doctor Matt Brick invented the word brick sessions? On that note, thank you all so much for listening to Lockdown Live here on Wednesday, the 29th of April, episode 16. Lockdown live and uncut with Danny and Larry. I very much in spe- sp- enjoyed. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed listening to us. Well, we've had a lot of laughs, and <laughs> we hope you enjoyed it too. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you at the next one very soon. Bye. Maybe even tomorrow. Bye bye. Bye bye bye.